Hallelujah. He's so amazing. The Bible says in Lamentations 3 and 21 that his mercies are new every morning. He's faithful and true. He gives us grace for every assignment. So no yes, matter well, good morning, Mechanics Wheel. How you doing this morning? This is Don Curtis, and this is another day that the Lord has made for you and for me that you and I might rejoice in it and be exceedingly glad. And we start this off every morning uh, reminding us of that, that this is a day for us to rejoice and to be exceedingly glad in. Yes, we want to start off just giving God thanks for another great day that he has made available to you and to me. In regards of what today might contain, we can still rejoice because we know that we're not walking in this thing all by ourselves. In fact, he's not walking with us, but he's on the inside of us. And we're just so excited about it. Good morning to you. Steadfast and true is your love toward us. Daily renewed is your mercy shown us. God of all gods, you're truly amazing. Yes, good morning, WBRFM radio family members in Wagonbury, England. Good morning to you. Good morning to those who listen to us in London, England, and all throughout the United Kingdom. Good morning to you today. Truly amazing. Yeah, those that listen to us stateside this morning, good morning to you as well. San Jose, California. And good morning to you, Anza, California. Good morning to you as well. Yes, Greenbelt, Maryland. Good morning to you. Waldorf, Maryland. Good morning to you as well. Baltimore, Maryland. Queentown, Maryland. Good morning to you. Leads us straight to freedom. Amazing. Amazing. Yes, those that listen to us in Charlotte Hall, Maryland. Good morning to you. Indianapolis, Indiana. Good morning to you as well. Ashburn, Virginia. Good morning to you. Is your love toward us? Daily renewed. Hallelujah. He's the God of all God. He's truly amazing. Yeah, listeners out there in the great state of Texas, good morning to you. He's amazing. Come on. Yes, Wisconsin, good morning to you as well. All throughout the U.S., good morning to you. No matter what town you might be in, no matter what city, just give God thanks and praise for your location. Thank God for your next door neighbor, those who live down the street, across the street. Those on your job, just give God thanks and praise for them this morning, yes. what the country might be. Germany and France, Ghana, yes, Indonesia, Ireland, good morning to you. South Africa, Canada, Spain, yes, Austria, good morning to you. Philippines and Switzerland, all over the place, good morning to you today. Yes, Egypt and China and Brazil, Albania, Vietnam, Cambodia, good morning to you as well. Sweden, good morning to you. Oman, good morning. Till that day when I see your face. Oh. 
She's amazing. Yes, he is. Anybody know who he is tonight? Amazing. Come on, declare. In the name of Jesus, you're amazing, God. Amazing. Hallelujah. He's amazing. Yes, he is. Amazing. Tell somebody. The word of the Lord says we overcome by our testimony. Tell somebody. Amazing. My God is amazing. He's strong and mighty. He's faithful and true. Amazing. Hallelujah to Jesus. And we celebrate him. just amazing yes he is and this gospel this good news about jesus christ that concerns each one of us it's amazing as well and i tell you i'm just excited about another day (laughs) yeah it seems like every day we're excited about a new day a brand new day because we're realizing uh, the fact that this is a great day that's full of the presence of god not only all around us but we're discovering in us as well Mm-hmm. Yes, we are responding to the invitation that has been extended to each and every single one of us uh, to grow in our understanding of Jesus Christ. Yes, we are learning more and more about him, and we are desirous to know even more. And we are also just learning more and more about ourselves as well, because we have come to believe and to understand that Jesus Christ is our life And we're finding out what kind of life that is, just like we're finding out that God is our father and we're discovering what kind of father he is, whether or not he's an abusive father or whether or not he's a loving father. And you and I, we are seeing that, no, he's a loving father. He loves us so much that he gave up his only begotten son. Jesus Christ was not only his messenger, but he was also the message as well, that he was laying down his life for you and for me so that you and I might discover what real life is really all about. That is not the possessions of things, of stuff. I mean, that doesn't seem kind of reasonable anyway because it loses its value. It fades away. It has to be replaced. But Jesus said, look, what I have to give to you, it'll never be watered down. Uh, It'll never have to be replaced. It won't wear out at all. In fact, strangely enough, the longer you possess it, the better it gets. The more value it seems to accumulate as time go on. Yes, he makes available to us uh, priceless things, things that you can't put a price tag on. 
uh, things that money cannot buy. They're priceless. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. They're far more richer than diamonds and gold. It's far more richer than the things of this world. Yes, Mm -hmm. but we can experience them in this world because of who he is and what he has provided for you and for me. So we're just continuing on following him. And if you've been with us, you know that we've been looking at John chapters 14, 15, 16, and 17 as he has had this long discussion, uh, long teaching, long time of interaction with his disciples because his time is at hand and he's about ready to move on to his final hour. <clears throat> and he knew that they were not prepared for this at all. Uh, Their thoughts, their hopes, their dreams did not include what they're about to experience. And so uh, he wanted to prepare them for that, lest they just give up everything and go back like everybody else did. Uh, And so uh, he spends these four chapters speaking to them and encouraging them. And the last chapter, chapter 17, is really him in dialogue and prayer and conversation with his father and his praying, uh, you know, it, it includes them, those guys that were right there with him at the time, his disciples, and it also included you and me and anybody else who would ever believe on him as a result of the hearing of the gospel concerning him. And it was some spectacular things that we found out that he requested of his father that he talked to his father about and we concluded that all those things that he requested have come true, that in no case could we even imagine that uh, his dad would say that the father would say, no, I'm not going to answer that at all. But we realized uh, that as we listened to him, that he only said those things that his father said, so he wouldn't be disagreeing with himself at all. And so even what he requested, he knew and we know now that this is the will of God. God desires for these things to be true concerning you and concerning me. And even in his prayer, there was not only uh, a prayer of request, but also a declaration of what he had already done. He had done an amazing thing, given unto you and to me and every single one of us the same glory that he had received from his Father. He had already given that to us, that you and I might be one even as he and his Father are one, that you and I might be participants in the same kind of relationship that he was enjoying with his father, that that, that you could relate to God in the same way that he relates to God, that you could know that God relates to you in the same way that he related to him as father and as son, as father and child, as child and father. And it just opens up all kinds of uh, tremendous treasures for you and for me in our personal, our one-on-one relationship with God as our fathers, our dad, as we discover for ourselves the kind of father that he is. And Jesus introduces us to him. And he said, look, I have declared your name unto these men and unto the world, and I'm going to continue. I will declare it even more so that the love wherewith thou hast loved me may be in them and I in them. What a tremendous truth that is for you and I to discover, and not only discover it, but to claim it. Not only claim it, but to actually live in it, to have it impact your thinking, have it impact my thinking, have it impact our living, 
that the same love that the Father had for his Son, Jesus Christ, uh, is in you and in me, that we are not strangers to this kind of agape love whatsoever, uh, but rather as we contemplate and as we spend time, as we learn more and more about Christ, we discover that this is absolutely true. It is the essence of who we are. It is the foundation for our existence. It is our, uh, our, our oneness, our unity with Christ, his Father by the Holy Ghost. It is our being one together with him, and guess what? And with each other. That is a tremendous truth that is so much needed in our time for you and I to get beyond the labels, get beyond the denominational barriers, get beyond the little boxes that organized religion would like to put us in, get beyond those kinds of little boxes in our minds and that sort of thing and begin to realize the fact that, wait a minute, God has done a miraculous thing in our lives. We have become members one of another that we are one together just like Jesus and his father were one, so are we. He said that they all might be one, not several, not that they all might be religious and all this kind of stuff. No, that we all might be one. That's his desire. That's God's desire for you and for me, that today, that today you might experience this unity that you and I share together. Even though you've never met me because I'm in one place and you're in several places around this world, that doesn't, re- that doesn't stop God from making us one together. This is a spiritual connection, a spiritual oneness and unity that we, ex- that we have one with another and also with God himself so that you as an individual person can understand and know the kind of relationship you have with God. He's your daddy. He's your father. In fact, you are so much a part of him that he has sent forth the spirit of his son, Jesus Christ, into your heart, crying, Abba, Father, Daddy. Mm-hmm. Yes, and he's done the same thing in my heart as well. And so as individual believers, as individual children of God, we come to him knowing that he's our daddy, that he loves us supremely, and that the love wherewith he loved Jesus Christ himself is in you, is living on the inside of you and on the inside of me as well, and Jesus himself. In fact, he said, he and my father, he and the father will come and make their abode in us, in you and in me. And then as we uh, settle down in our relationship with God himself, as you become so much engulfed in this truth about who you are, then you look around and you see everybody else and you don't allow this world to define you any longer because it has not enough sense to know how to define you. It's not smart enough, wise enough to define who you are. Your identity is far deeper than the color of your skin. It's far deeper than the cultural upbringing that you were in. It's far deeper than that. The world can only go so far in trying to define who you are. And guess what? If the world is not able to go far enough in defining you, they just don't know who you are. They cannot define you. They cannot define me. They cannot define us whatsoever. Only God himself can define us. Only Jesus can define us. Yes. And so I tell you, I just give God thanks. I'm just excited about it. Yes, I am. Yes, the love wherewith God has loved Jesus Christ, it is now living on the inside of you, on the inside of me, and Jesus Christ himself 
is in you. Greater is he that's within you than he that's within this world. That's what he's talking about. He's talking about the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. All three of them residing, living, abiding, <laughs> dwelling on the inside of you, your body, your flesh and blood, becoming the temple of the Holy Ghost, which you received of God. That's what he's talking about when he says, Greater is he that is in us than he that is in this world. Even though we're in the world, we're not of it. And we don't have to be afraid of this world whatsoever, none at all. Because our daddy is in charge of whoever is in charge of this world. Yes, the devil can't do nothing except the Lord allow him to do it. And his time is winding up pretty fastly. <laughs> yes, it is. And so we go on now. Jesus has uh, left his disciples uh, from that standpoint, and they're moving on. In chapter 18 of John's Gospel, uh, says, When Jesus had spoken these words, he went forth with his disciples over the brook Kedron, Yes, uh, which was in a garden into which he entered. He entered into this garden, the Garden of Gethsemane, with his disciples. This was a familiar place. They had gone there many times before, and Judas knew about that. If he could guess, and he didn't have to guess, he knew exactly where Jesus and his disciples would be hanging out because he had hung out with them himself many times. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, this betrayer. Uh, this uh, one who was holding the money bag, this one who was familiar with Jesus Christ somewhat, uh, familiar with the disciples, he knew exactly where they would be at. And so that's where he went. And Judas also, which betrayed him, knew the place. For Jesus oftentimes, many times, would resort there with his disciples. It was a resting place. It was a place of refuge. Mm -hmm. It's right there, that place of refuge when the enemy comes. Mm -hmm. And Judas then, having received a band of men and officers from the chief priests and Pharisees, come hither with lanterns and torches and weapons. I tell you, what a tremendous uh, view this is. The evil wickedness, the blindness, the stupidity, the sinfulness, the wickedness of religion versus Christ. Mm hmm. Yeah, right there in his place of solitude, uh, right there in his place of refreshing, uh, comes this wicked band of men. Listen, there's a whole bunch of them. <clears throat> yes, not only men, but officers from the chief priests. Yeah, the priests. These are the men who should know who Jesus really is. These are the guys who studied, got their degrees. These are the guys who should be knowing who Christ really is all about. But again, the darkness of their mind, or they could quote scripture. They could go back in the Old Testament. They could, in fact, they had to memorize. They knew all of the beatitudes, all of the uh, the five books of uh, Moses, the Pentateuch. They, they knew all about Genesis and Exodus and Leviticus. Yeah, Deuteronomy and Numbers. They, they knew all about that. They knew about the prophets and all of what they had prophesied about. Yeah, these were the teachers these were the elite. These were the ones that people went to f to find answers. These were the ones that uh, men would bring sin offerings to. Yeah, they were the leaders of the religion at that point in time. I want you to understand this. I want you to know this. These are the men. Listen, a whole band of men and officers. Where did they come from? From the chief priests. Yeah, they were not just the ordinary priests that would be hanging out in the local towns and cities and whatnot. No, these were the chief priests. These were the rulers. These were the ones who were the uppity up. 
These were the ones who had advanced in their careers and whatnot. And the Pharisees, yes, yes, mm-hmm, yeah, here they come. Here they come, here they come, and they come with lanterns and torches and weapons. Mm-hmm, yeah, they have absolutely no idea who they're fighting against. They have no idea who they're coming up against. They have no idea who God really is, and that's true today. There's all kinds of religious leaders. They have, they're absolutely devoid of spiritual life. They are devoid a real understanding of who Jesus Christ really is. They don't know who God is. They talk about him just like these guys talked about God, but they had no understanding at all of who God really is, who he really was. They had no understanding about the gospel, the good news. This is God's gospel, and they have absolutely no idea what it's all about, none whatsoever, even though they occupy these positions have all these titles, have all these credentials, have studied in the seminary. Yeah, but they really don't know who Jesus Christ is. And guess what? The same anti-Christ spirit that was existing back then, the same anti-spirits exist today as well. In fact, they have become even more deceptive. They use technology just like anybody else used technology. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. They're in the pulpits. They're in places of authority. They have titles. Yeah, yes, they do. They have all these credentials. Yes, but they have no idea who Jesus is. And so here they are. Here they are. There's a tremendous picture for you and I to see and to know and to understand. Here is Jesus right smack in the middle of this place. And here they come. They come with worldly means because they think they're dealing with a worldly person. They don't have any idea that this is, in fact, the very Son of God. They have no idea that this is God's messenger. They don't know this at all. They think they're God's messengers, but they're not. They're about ready to kill the one and only true messenger of God, Jesus Christ himself. But here they are. Jesus, therefore, knowing all things that should come upon him, went forth and said unto them, Whom do you seek? Jesus is not afraid of them whatsoever. He doesn't back away from them. He doesn't try to escape at all, but he stands right there in the midst of them. He's not fearful at all. He knows all the things that should come upon him. His relationship with his father is such that his father lets him know. His father informs him. He knows what's going to happen. He knew this day was going to come years ago. He knew that this hour was going to come upon him, and it was here. And guess what? He doesn't back away from it. He doesn't try to go around it at all. He faces it head on. And I tell you, this is the same spirit that's in you and in me. We don't back away from the devil. We don't back away from Satan. We're not afraid of his devices at all. We're not worried at all. Mm Mm-hmm. We know that in this world, we're going to have trouble. We know that in this world, there'll be persecution. We know that in this world, we're going to be stabbed in our back. We know that. But we don't back away from it, and we sure enough don't say, God, deliver us from this. No, we understand that everyone that lived righteously, godly in this present evil world, guess what? They're going to suffer some persecution, and guess what? More than likely, that persecution is going to come from religious folk. Yes. Whom do you seek? Whom do you seek? And they answered them, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus said unto them, I am he. And Judas Judas also, which betrayed him, stood with them. There he is right there with them. And as soon then as he had said unto them, I am he, 
they went backwards and fell to the ground. Yes, the power of this word, the power of I am he. <laughs> yes, yes. Then asked he them again, whom do you seek? Who are you looking for? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. And Jesus answered, I have said unto you, I have told you that I am he. If therefore you seek me, let these go their way. Now, this is an amazing uh, next verse of scripture that's here. That is just absolutely mind-blowing. It says, look, that the saying which he (laughs) might be fulfilled, which he spoke of them, which they gave us me, I have lost none. Remember just in chapter 17, he said, I have lost none. All that you've given to me, I have lost none except for the son of perdition, that the word might be fulfilled. Now, he is praying to his father. And again, the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God is just, emphasizing to us that the things that come out of Jesus' mouth, they are, in fact, the word of God. We can depend on them. We can have faith in them. He's saying right now, look, he said this, I have told you that I am he. Then he says, if therefore you seek me, let these go their way. In other words, he said, don't arrest them. Let them go. Don't kill them. Let them survive. You've come for me, and here I am. And he said, look, look, that the saying might be fulfilled, which he spake of. He just finished talking about the fact that all that the father had given him, he would lose not one of them. And so him saying to them, him telling them, look, let them go. Don't don't mess with them. You've come for me. Here I am. Let them go. That was being said so that the word that he had mentioned earlier might be fulfilled. Now, I tell you, that just gives me great peace. Because if I know that I have been given to Christ by God, if I know that God has given me to Christ, that Christ belongs to me and I belong to him, if I know that, then I can settle down. I can rest in knowing that, guess what? He's not going to lose me. No, he's not. No matter how foolish I might act, no matter if I go astray, no matter if I go in the wrong direction, guess what? He didn't already told me. He didn't already told you as well that he is the good shepherd. And guess what the good shepherd does? He leaves a 99 right there in the wilderness. And he goes looking for that one lost sheep. And that one lost sheep happened to be me. Guess what? He's going to come looking for me until he finds me. Guess what? If you happen to be that one and only lost sheep out (laughs) out in the mountain range somewhere, you don't know where you at, you don't know how you got there, guess what? He's going to keep on looking for you until he finds you because he's a good shepherd. And he has this covenant with his dad, with his father, that every single one that he has received from his father, that he should lose not one, but he should raise up every single one of them on the last day. Now, that's confident. It means that it doesn't make any difference what might come your way. And again, If you and I are stupid enough, foolish enough to go the wrong direction, if we get lost because of our own stupidity, guess what? We have a shepherd. We have a shepherd by the name of Jesus Christ who loves us so much that guess what? He will come looking for us and he'll keep on looking until he finds us. And when he finds us, he's not going to reprimand us at all. You know what he's going to do? He's going to say, let's rejoice. Let's be exceedingly glad. Let's have a party because we didn't found Don. The man was lost, but we didn't found him. 
And we done found and you can fill in the blank and put your name in there. And he's going to say, let's have a party because we done found them. They were lost, but guess what? <clears throat> They've been found. <clears throat> and I tell you, the great peace that comes to you and to me. And knowing that, wait a minute, we have a shepherd. His name is Jesus Christ. He's the chief shepherd. Yes, he is. He's in charge of all the shepherds. <laughs> and he's going to make sure that everything that the Father has given him, every person, everybody, every soul, everybody that's been given to him, he's not going to lose a single one of them. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. It's impossible for it to happen because he's not a liar. He doesn't exaggerate nothing. If he says he's not going to lose one, guess what? He's not going to lose one. And if you happen to be a part of him, guess what? You ain't going to never be lost. Because he's amazing. You got everlasting life, eternal life. And I tell you, I'm excited about it on this Friday morning. Yes, I am. Yes, enough excitement to get me through this weekend and next week as well. <laughs> I'm going to be excited for the rest of my life. Good morning to you. and praise for his son, Jesus Christ. Just thank God that he's your shepherd. He's your good shepherd. Yes, he is. He's your life. He's your all in all. Just give God thanks and praise this morning for his son, Jesus Christ. And the fact that he's been introducing him to you. Make no doubt about it. He's amazing. Yes, he's your dad. He's your father. He's your heavenly father. Yes, he is. Thank him for his faithfulness towards you and towards me. His grace, his mercy that's renewed every single day. Yes, and his covenant that he has with his dad that concerns you. Just give God thanks that you're in that covenant, that you're in that flock, that you belong to Christ, and he belongs to you. Just give God thanks for him today.
until that day when I see your face. Oh, I'm sure I'll say, I can only imagine what I'll say. 